saw this really interesting Facebook post by uh, Dr. Zhang from Trillium Hospital, who started off, I'm not a clinical epidemiologist, an infectious disease physician, nor a statistician. I am simply a very concerned physician who has been following the development of COVID since December, when the news first came out of China. I have an adequate understanding of statistics and have been obsessively following all COVID-related news. And I'm afraid, embracing for impact, and I am absolutely convinced that we are on the wrong path. She joins the show right now. Dr. Zhang, um, I want to ask you to clarify what you mean by we're on the wrong path, but I think the, the best place to start this interview is to ask you how you are, because you're, you know, uh, uh, okay, you're at the front lines. Hi, Kelly. Um, I, like every other healthcare worker in Canada, in the U.S., uh, in Europe, in the rest of the world, we're just going through our day, day by day, doing our very best to stay healthy, to keep our patients healthy, and to do our jobs the way we were meant to. I know everybody's working incredibly hard and, uh, you know, you're looking down stateside and seeing that they're running out of supplies. You know, we have a probably a possible shortage of PPEs on our hands as well. But before we get to the talk of that, let's talk about your Facebook post that I started off reading. It's a very lengthy Facebook post. What are you concerned about? You say that we are, you're convinced that we are on the wrong path. How so? Um, as you know, this pandemic is, you know, unprecedented unprecedented times. Uh, every day, every hour, we're getting news. Um, our policies and our um, strategies change uh, regularly. When I posted this, this was approximately a week ago. Um, at the time, we were only testing very few patients. We were testing only the high-risk patients, patients who have travel, history, etc., were extremely ill. Um, and I did not think that that was the optimal path to contain this virus. Since then, I think the government has, and the government on various different levels, as well as the hospitals, um, have embarked on higher uh, numbers of tests. Uh, still, I think we need to test more patient population. The problem with COVID-19, uh, it's a very difficult virus to control because there is a time period between the time you're infected to the time you show symptoms. And that time period is anywhere between 3 to 14 days. During this time period, you feel completely fine. You're totally healthy. Yet, you harbor the virus in your nose and your mouth. And you can transmit that to anyone you come into contact with. You know, I think the government has done an excellent job shutting down schools, people working from home. But working from home does not mean you go for a walk with your neighbor and chat uh, while you walk your dog. Working from home is not the hundreds of people aggregating on Lakeshore uh, talking to other people. Many of these patients are probably, possibly um, infected with COVID. We don't know because we don't have mass testing. Do you think we're misinterpreting the message of, of self isolation? Uh, I think some people understand it and are staying home. I think some people feel okay and have not seen mass amount of death in Canada yet. So they're a little bit more lax in their, in their um, uh, carrying out of this uh, message. And, and I think that's where the government needs to come in. And I think some um, federal, provincial, I mean, on the provincial level, some Centers have already started finding people who are aggregating, um, you know, people 
more than two, for example, in Quebec are being fined. And I think that is a step in the right direction. For people who understand and stay at home, that's excellent. For people who may not be practicing this, there needs to be measures to ensure that they do practice this. One half to one third of COVID patients um, are asymptomatic. I was going to ask about that because Senator uh, Rand Paul is asymptomatic. He tested positive for COVID-19. That means you're not showing any symptoms at all. You feel perfectly fine. And because of this, you're suggesting we need to test, test, test en masse. We need to test everyone. I, I know that you're not in the area of logistics, but is there? I know you're a smart person. Have you thought about how we could logistically test for everyone? Uh, right now, our turnaround time for tests in many hospitals around Canada is upward of five days from the test, the, the moment that the swab is taken to the time that the results come back. That's too long. Patients are dying before their results even come back to them. Um, this is limited by many different factors. The swabs, for example, you know, those are limited. In addition, you know, to extract the RNA, to run the PCR, you need the PCR machine, you need special personnel. Um, I believe that there are many scientists, PhD students around the country who are currently, hopefully, sitting at home doing absolutely nothing. Many of these people could be called upon to help with this effort, for example. Then there are kits that are 15-minute or 30-minute kits that are antibody kits. Um, basically, you take a drop of blood and you look for IgM or IgG uh, antibodies in your blood to show whether or not you have been exposed to the virus. And these tests are commercially available in other parts of the world, and they may become commercially available in Canada. We just need to hasten the procurement of these tests and uh, allow them to be used in the Canadian population. The government, I know in the States, passed a, a bill where they could go to um, different uh, producers of, of, of things and ask them to change their warehouse. Would we have to do something like that to get uh, these tests created here in Canada? Could we create those 15-minute blood tests? Uh, the technology is obviously out there. You know, I don't, I'm not a scientist. I don't make these tech kits, but I believe right. that, you know, it should be readily rep reproducible. You'd have to speak to, a, you know, someone who's in that specialty about how to but you are, kits. But you are a doctor. So until we have these tests and can test for everyone, how can the average person protect themselves and their families? What are you advising people to do? I think the most important thing is to stay home. Stay home. Don't go anywhere unless it's absolutely necessary. Uh, obviously, people have to get groceries. At these grocery stores, perhaps they should be implementing a safe social distance while they wait to enter the stores. The stores should have a limited number of people who are allowed at any one time. Uh, at cash out, for example, they should have they need to maintain distance between um, people. And on entry to the stores, perhaps there should be uh, temperature monitoring and a rapid uh, screening, for screening, for example, have you had fever, sore throat, body aches, loss of smell, dry cough in the past few days or currently. Uh, these can only detect early symptomatic or symptomatic patients. This cannot detect asymptomatic patients. But until test, test kits are available, um, you know, this is the best we have to work with. I know that you got together with some other doctors and you've signed a petition. You've put it up on change.org. The petition actually is, is a letter to our prime minister who we're actually awaiting uh, him to give his daily address. And if he does, I'm going to have to cut you off, Dr. Zhang, and go live to him. But in the meantime, um, this is asking for uh, the prime minister to take 
the health of frontline care workers seriously. What are you asking for and how many people have signed your petition here? Healthcare workers are three times more likely to contract COVID than the general population. In Italy, 9% of their COVID cases are amongst the healthcare workers. In South Korea, Hong Kong, um, healthcare workers have not been infected. And in China, after the initial one month. And this is because they're well protected. They have PPEs, uh, personal protective equipment, um, masks, hats, gowns, one-time use gowns, gloves, etc., to protect them from each other and from patients, and um, we are we we are in a shortage situation uh, worldwide. Really, uh, in the short term, before we can manufacture or ramp up manufacturing of masks, we need to have donations from industry partners, such as you know construction, dental, veterinarian. Some of these um, businesses are small businesses; they're not making any income currently. And they will eventually need these masks when they actually do go back to work. Government needs to give them financial incentives to allow them to donate their um, their masks to us. In addition, you know, to make masks, it takes about the t- from the time you make the mask to the time it's usable, it's about seven to fourteen days. The masks have to be made in a positive pressure room. Uh, it has to be antiseptic conditions, etc. And uh, they have to be disinfected. They have to be off gas before you can use them. So before that can happen, we need donations. Uh, I know car manufacturers in China have um, changed their manufacturing plants to be able to produce these masks. As of February, one of the car manufacturers can produce 5 million masks per day, and I'm sure they've ramped up production since that time. If they can do it, we can do it. The government just needs to incentivize these industry partners to do that and to, to help all of us to combat this illness. Dr. Zhang, thank you very much. It's really informative information you've passed on. And what's uh, as we get ready to head to the prime minister, who's who's going to be giving a daily address in just uh, minutes, we'll carry that live. Uh, what do you want the takeaway from this conversation to be for the people listening? Stay home. Take care of your loved ones. Take care of us by you staying home so that we can continue to take care of you every day. Thank you so much, Dr. Zhang. Have yourself a great day and please thank stay you. safe. Thank you, Kelly.